Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. It's uh, 7.40 on the Voice of the Cape. My name is uh, Muhammad Fasih and I'm still with you right up until just before 8 this uh, evening. And uh, tonight I have uh, with me on the line none other than Mona Ehsan Hendricks, National Director of the Al Quds Foundation in this show called Focus on Palestine. Mona, Assalamualaikum and welcome to the show once again. Waalaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Brother Fasih. And to all the listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape this evening, fellow South Africans, good evening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mala, uh, obviously tonight uh, we once again focus on the lands of Palestine, but I believe there are other elements also that we'd like to explore. Please do take us through what we'll be discussing this evening. Shukran, uh, thank you very much, uh, Brother Muhammad Fasih. And as you uh, rightfully uh, introduced the program, it remains a focus on uh, Palestine and particularly giving so much attention to the question of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, the situation in the uh, city of Al-Quds, and in general, of course, the plight of the Palestinian uh, people. I think that we have extensively concentrated in the last weeks on the uh, contribution of uh, the personality, Sheikh Ra'id Salah. We have uh, concentrated on the resolution of the UNESCO, and we have uh, unpacked many of the details in why the uh, message of the Islamic movement under the leadership of Sheikh Ra'id Salah, Al-Aqsa fi Khatar, Al-Aqsa in danger, needed to be unpacked, and we will continue to do so in the future, inshallah. Tonight's program, I want to draw the parallel between our concentration on Zionist occupation of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, of the city of Al-Quds, and the Palestinian people living under Zionist occupation. But before I get to the dimension that I want to concentrate on this evening, I want to say that in many of our programs, Brother Muhammad Fasih, listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, I did repeat and reiterate that it is not for the preservation of the architectural brick and mortar of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa that we are fighting. It is not merely for the preservation of the building that we are fighting, but we have also highlighted the dignity of the Palestinian people, the human suffering of Palestinian society, and of course, we can never underplay the dignity and the respect and the value of the human beings that live under occupation. And so if we talk about the sacredness of the space of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa Al-Mubarak, if we refer to it as the land that has been uh, blessed by the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the day he created the skies and the earth, if we recognize it to be al-qiblatul ula lil-muslimin, if we recognize it to be the stop station of the Isra and the commencement of the Mi'raj of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, if al-Masjid al-Aqsa and all the Masajid and all the Christian churches and the synagogues uh, in historic Palestine are all muqaddasat, sacred places for the Muslim community, sacred places for the Christian community, sacred places for the Jewish community, and you know, and I know, and the Muslim community knows 
exactly how the Quran upholds the integrity, the sanctity of the holy places, not only of Islam, but the holy places of the Christian community, the holy places of the Jewish community, and the holy places of any other community must equally be respected. Tonight I wish to draw the parallel between what we have uh, begun to witness in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, particularly in the last uh, few days. And before I get to the details, I must place on the record the newly elected president of the Muslim Judicial Council, the Honorable Sheikh Irfan Abrams, has called an emergency meeting of the ulama today at the Muslim Judicial Council to draw to the attention of the ulama the importance of the statement that was released yesterday by the Muslim Judicial Council and the interview the president had with the ITV in its condemnation of the missile intended uh, attack directed towards Makkah al-Mukarramah, directed towards Baytullah al-Haram. And I wish to place on record that I know that I am dealing tonight with a very, very sensitive matter. We do not want to uh, uh, merely politicize the matter because there are many people who have fundamental differences with the monarch of Saudi Arabia. There are many people who have differences with the geopolitical uh, influences in the Middle East. They are supporters for and supporters against. Tonight, I want us to park that aside and to concentrate and the parallel as we have drawn between the sanctity, the sacredness of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa Al-Mubarak and the condemnation that we are consistent of Zionist occupation trying to destroy, to desecrate and to divide Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa Al-Mubarak. Here we have seen for the last few days and leading ulama around the world I place on record, Muhammad Fasih, the following organizations. The International Union of Muslim Scholars, under the leadership of the Honorable Sheikh Yusuf Al-Qardawi and the Secretary General, Dr. Ali Al-Qardawi, clearly condemned the intended missile attack directed towards Makkah Al-Mukarramah. The leading senior ulama body of Saudi Arabia has condemned it. The World League, even though the headquarters is in Saudi Arabia, but consists of ulama around the world, has condemned it. Many prominent ulama organizations around the world have condemned it. The Muslim Judicial Council has an executive member seat in the International Union of Muslim Scholars. And therefore, the Muslim Judicial Council of South Africa will not compromise on its duty and responsibility to join the international voices of the ulama in the condemnation of the intended attack directed towards Baytullah al-Haram, Makkah al-Mukarramah. What was shocking, uh, Brother Muhammad Fasih, listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape this evening, is number one, the silence that we have seen in the ranks of the ulama, the silence that we see in the ranks of the academics of our country, the silence that we are beginning to witness from Muslim institutions, 
Muslim organizations, even the silence that we are beginning to see from individual people who are great influential individuals in our country, a complete silence. More so, we are completely shocked that the mainstream media has not given any attention to this missile intended attack directed to Baytullah al-Haram. Let us place historically tonight on the record. It is not the first time that somebody has tried to destroy Al-Kaaba al-Musharrafa. There are many historical references that we can put tonight and in the future, inshallah. At the same time, I want to highlight and say, we may stand accused tonight after this program that we are quick to jump to the defense of Saudi Arabia as a country. I want to clearly draw the distinction here tonight. We may have our own critique about Saudi Arabia as a monarch and as a system there. But in terms of what we have experienced in the last few days, I need to reiterate, Baytullah al-Haram, the sanctity of Mecca al-Mukarramah, is not the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It is not the property of Saudi Arabia. They may be the custodians of that particular holy site, but it is haqqul muslimin, it is the right of the Muslim internationally. And therefore, more so, it is important for us to join the voices. I am beginning to fear that we are going to see worse than what we have experienced in the last few days, Brother Muhammad Bazir. Yes, there are geopolitical uh, uh, scenarios prevalent in the Middle East, and I don't want to be silent about the fact that Saudi Arabia has been extensively bombing the people in Yemen. Whether they have a justification for it or not, of course the people in Yemen are suffering. We need to condemn this uh, type of brutal killings that is happening in the Middle East. But of course, the mistakes of Saudi Arabia does not make those countries in the geopolitical arena there angels. And therefore, I think it is important for us to begin to put the facts on the table for our community to listen to. Number three is, all of us and ulama will make reference to the prophetic vision and the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that speaks of the karama, the dignity of human life. And the dignity of human life is more sacred than the sanctity of the Kaaba al-Musharrafa. And so it is a clear indication already because we have begun to see that human dignity does not enjoy any respect anymore, particularly in the Middle Eastern countries, particularly in the Muslim world, particularly in the Arab world, with all the type of militias that is functioning in the Arab world, with all the type of terrorist operations that is functioning, with all the type of state operation of terrorist operations in the Middle East, the geopolitical influences in these countries, the support of certain countries for certain operations, whether it be the influence of the Iranians in Syria, whether it be the influence of Saudi Arabia in, in, in Syria, 
whether it be the influence of Iran in Iraq, whether it is the militia of the Saudis that function, whether it is the militia of the Iranians that is functioning, whether it is the militia of the Egyptians that is functioning, whether it is the militia of all of these Arab countries that cause so much of confusion for the international Muslim world in particular, we cannot remain silent. We cannot remain silent. And therefore, I salute the newly elected president of the Muslim Judicial Council, Sheikh Irfan Abrams, for having taken this initiative today in the presence of approximately 50 ulama, again to appeal to the ulama. It is important that we need to raise our voices. It is important that we do proper analysis of what is happening there. It is important that we do a fair analysis. It is important that we educate our community. It is important that we lead our community. It is important for our community to understand. And I am not particularly jumping on the emotional wagon here this evening. It is not an emotional uh, uh, presentation. Including that our community radio stations need to get to the level where, of course, we begin to give the true facts, the true facts and the balanced facts of what is happening. Of course, we are sitting with a complexity of sectarianism that is very prevalent in the Middle East, in the Arab countries. We are beginning to see the brutal killings of human beings on a day-to-day basis. We are beginning to witness the depopulation of innocent people from the countries of domicile. It is a mess that the Arab world and the Muslim world are beginning to see the increase of the refugee status of so many people who peacefully coexisted with one another over so many years. Of course, today the Arab world and the Muslim world at large are paying a price because we have entrusted and they have entrusted the security of the countries in the hands of the United States of America, in the hands of the Russians. And so we are beginning to see that the powers and the identity of the Muslim world is being compromised all the time. But for tonight, Brother Muhammad Fasir, I don't think that I could have continued to conduct this program tonight on the focus on Palestine and be silent about the most recent news that we have followed to its detail about the intended attack on Baytullahil Haram. Can we imagine what would have been the implications of that if that missile was not intercepted by the Saudi Arabian airspace? Mala, if we... This is a moment of serious reflection for us. Muller, if, if, if I can just pause there for a moment and then ask the question in terms of this attack. Um, and uh, we know that uh, uh, in the media, at least, they're saying the Houthi militias uh, were, the, were the ones behind the firing of this missile and obviously targeting the city, uh, which seems to be intentional, subhanAllah. But um, what is the background to this aggression, um, if, if, if I can just put it in, into context? Uh, we've spoken now broadly about uh, the Saudi, Saudi uh, um, authorities and their conflict uh, uh, and the, the war with Yemen at the moment, but give us the background to exactly uh, what might have, 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 have uh, made them target Saudi, the confines of, of, of Makkah specifically. Of course, your, your, your question is absolutely very important, and this is where we need to place the facts on the table. 
And before we get to those details, of course, for a long time, the question has been asked, why is it that we are silent about what is happening in Yemen? And I must agree and say that uh, the uh, principle in our tip, in our jurisprudence, that guides us through the emergency of any situation, and in the absence of dealing with that emergency, we pay a very painful price. And therefore, the 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 the, the city uh, usul, as the 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 the, 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 the jurors call it, لا يجوز تأخير البيان عند وقت الحاجة. It is not permissible to delay our expression or our statement or our declaration at the time of need. If we do that, then later on we pay a price. And because we have been silent in the past, because we have considerations, and because we want to be absolutely cautious, but I think we can clearly see that our silence is going to uh, be disastrous for us and if we continue in that particular regard, tomorrow, in the next 24 hours, we don't know what is going to stand in front of us. Whether it is what is happening in Yemen, whether it is what is happening in Syria, whether it is what is happening in Palestine, whether it is what is happening in South Africa. And the second point I wish to reiterate here, before we get to those details, is for a long time, an individual like myself, Stands accused in this community at times to say, we jump the borders. We give priority to the international matters above the local matters here in South Africa. I don't subscribe to that type of analysis anymore. I think that the ulama and the imams, they play a fantastic role in serving the needs of the local Muslim community here in South Africa. Yet the ulama continue to eat from the crumbs of the table. In terms of the Muslim identity, in terms of the concern of us as Muslims, we know that there are no geographical borders that limits the concern of a Muslim to what happens to his neighbor next to him, whether that neighbor be Christian, Jewish, Hindu or Muslim. Similarly, the cause of a Muslim in terms of what happens to humanity anywhere in the world. Otherwise, we can't read the classical stories of Al-Mu'tasim who saw the need to liberate one single woman that was imprisoned by the Romans and said, I will send an army from Medina to Manawara to liberate that oppressed woman, one single woman that has been, her honor has been scarred. He said, by the time the beginning of the army reach your country, the end of the army will leave Medina to Manawara. Because that woman that was imprisoned and abused cried out of her prison cell to the great leader. And she cried out, Wa mu'atasima, wa mu'atasima. She cried out for the great leader, al-mu'atasim. And therefore, the details of it is as such. We have seen for the last 19 months, if not, of course, for the last two years, the situation in Yemen. Of course, it is a concern of the intensification of the Saudi Arabian government that bombs Yemen. What is it that is happening in Yemen? The Yemeni people are poor people. They are suffering people. 
Our people traditionally have a great respect for the Yemeni people. Whenever over the years our people have gone to Makkah al-Mukarramah, the closest they come in contact is always with the Yemeni people who so dedicatedly serve the Hujjaj, the great ulama from Yemen, the men of how the Prophet described the people of Yemen, the great wisdom of the Yemeni people, the great scholars that come from uh, Yemen, how the Nabi Ali sent great Sahaba into Yemen. It is the land of, 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 of Barakah. It is the land that the Prophet Ali prayed for. However, today, in fact, we have seen that UNICEF has released a report. 350,000 children are struggling to get back into institutional or educational institutions in Yemen. More than 2 million children, according to UNICEF, is out of education in Yemen. People are fighting for bread and butter in Yemen. If you're asking the Yemeni people today, what do you choose between bain al-Khuts with democratia? What is your choice? Will you choose between democracy and a piece of bread? The people of Yemen will say, we will choose the piece of bread. And not the grandeur of democracy that at times we talk about. To such an extent, the Yemeni people are suffering. Then, of course, you have the militia operations in Yemen. I visited Yemen on more than one occasion myself and the other Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriel. We have interacted with great leaders in Yemen. We have seen the kindness and the generosity and the wisdom and the knowledge of the people of Yemen. And that is why it is very painful to see what is happening in Yemen. Then you have militia groups who functions under the mandate of certain individuals for politicians. You, for example, have the deposed former president of Yemen, Abdullah Saleh. And I must place on the record tonight, myself and Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriel, we personally met the president, then the then deposed president of Yemen, Abdullah Saleh. There is now a democratically elected new president that speaks of the legitimate and the, 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 the free process that the people of Yemen have engaged in electing a new leader for the country. At one stage, Abdullah Saleh, of course, was in close cooperation with Saudi Arabia. Today, he is in close cooperation with the militia that he has created under his arms because they still have access to the military and the arms. Their sons are the top generals in the army. Their sons have their own militias that they, that, they, that, they, that they use against the nation of Yemen. Then, of course, you have the Houthis. The Houthis have their own rebellious reaction for what is happening in Yemen. And, of course, the Houthis have become part of... Uh, the interests of the geopolitical influence around Yemen, such as the Iranian support for the Houthis, and therefore Saudi Arabia begins to justify that our war in Yemen or our bombing of Yemen is bombing the rebels such as the Houthis. And I am not trying to say there is a political justification for that. I disagree that there can any political justification for that against the sufferer of the human beings that suffer on a day-to-day basis. This is scratching the surface. There's much more details to this. But I think tonight I want to reiterate again. 
if the news is saying, and according to the facts that have been established, this missile was activated by the Houthi militias. I call them a militia. I call them rebels because under the legitimate government of Yemen, of course, anybody else functions as a militia. They function as rebels. And therefore, the Houthis stand squarely responsible for having launched this particular missile attack directed towards Makkah al-Mukarramah. Now, the, the point that is very serious here, can we condone that in Islam? If that was released by ISIS, we must condemn it. If it was somebody who is a, a, a Sunni, we have to condemn it. If it was somebody that is uh, aligned to the Shia, uh, a militia and operation, we have to condemn it. If it was the militia of Abdullah Saleh, we have to condemn it. Whoever is responsible for that, it must be condemned by the Muslims because directing a missile to Baytullah al-Haram and precisely because the karama and the human dignity of human beings has already been compromised. Who is going to care about the dignity, the karama, the sacredness, and of course the sanctity of Baytullah al-Haram? Who's going to care about that? Nobody is going to care about that. And that is why equally both, the sanctity of human life is equally important. The sanctity of Kaaba al-Musharrafa, it is not the property of the Saudis. It's not the property of the Iranians. It's not the property of the Egyptians. It is not the property of the Gulf State. It is Milkullah. It is the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hiya ardullahi allati qaddasaha Allah yawma alladhi khalaqa samawati wal ard. It is what Allah has made sacred the day he created the skies in the earth. We have to be on the right side of history. We are ready to take the critique of this community. But we are ready to be on the right side of history. We cannot compromise this because future generations will curse us. Our children will curse us. Our grandchildren will curse us for what we are beginning to compromise today in the identity and the preservation of the identity of Muslims. Bala? Unfortunately, I think yeah. uh, we are running out of time uh, and uh, I think we only have maybe two, three more minutes before we do have to conclude. Um, it's, subhanAllah, once again, um, you know, it cuts through the heart when we think about uh, a missile being, uh, being, being, being shot at, at uh, the, the, the holy places, a place of Makkah, subhanAllah. Um, and, 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 and also all that we can do, I think, at this moment as a Muslim community, apart from, you know, being aware of what's happening, there's also just to make our, 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 our salahs and our tahajjud salahs and stand and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to restore peace. Brother Muhammad Fasih, sorry to cut you there. And because of the time, I must appeal to the community tomorrow or, or rather, uh, tomorrow there will be another follow-up meeting in the Muslim Judicial Council under the leadership of Sheikh Arafan, the president. But on Thursday evening, we have our Palestinian awareness program at Islamiyah Masjid al-Furqan. I call upon the community. Our program is dedicated every Thursday evening, fasting until Palestine will be liberated. But this Thursday evening, we are dedicating the program to this directed missile to Al-Kaaba al-Musharrafa. I call upon the community. I call upon the imams. I call upon everybody in our community to join us at Maghrib time at a Masjid al-Furqan in Islamiyah complex, inshallah, in Lansdowne, so that we can further share the details with our community. We are appealing to the imams under the instruction of the new president, Sheikh Irfan, 
that Friday must be dedicated to the unified khutbah on the seriousness of this intended missile attack on Makkah al-Mukarramah. And we hope in the next few days to do more coverage under the leadership of the Muslim Judicial Council, inshallah, and provide the community with ongoing details and information. I place on record that the Jamiatul Ulama and a number of uh, ulama bodies have already condemned this attack, and we hope to call a press conference at the Muslim Judicial Council by Thursday, inshallah, to further give the details to the press and to tell them how disgusted we are beginning to see this type of attack directed to Baytullah al-Haram in Makkah al-Mukarramah. Bono, once again, shukran so much for joining us. All the best for the rest of the evening, and uh, inshallah, go well. Barakallah, shukran, zakum khairan, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.